It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable too. You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. This episode of BGN Radio is brought to you by Clip It, the hottest app that is out there. Watch TV, make clips, and share. For more information, check them out at clipit.tv or check them on Twitter at clipit.tv. You're listening to BGN Radio. Falcons um, Falcons are, are playing well offensively because they're not a one-trick pony. Talk about Matt Ryan. We talk about Julio Jones, but they've won like three games this year that Julio Jones really didn't have a big impact on. They still were able to win the game. <laughs> What's going on, Bleeding Green Nation? Hey, everybody. Welcome to BGN Radio, episode number 202, Eagles-Falcons preview. I'm John Stolnes. Uh, we'll take you through the next little while here, breaking down Eagles and Falcons coming up this Sunday at 1 o'clock. And uh, joining me is Matt Daring, uh, my good pal and co-host uh, for this week. Matt, how you doing, buddy? Hey, hi. Hello. Hello. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> It is a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Mm-hmm. No, um, yeah. So no, this is going to be um, this is going to be a- an interesting game on Sunday. Um, first of all, just generally, how you feeling? Uh, I'm all right. I uh, yeah, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's been a rough week, but we are almost done. And then next week, I'm sure it's going to be all different. So we'll just have, just yeah. have to get there. Yeah, it has, it's been an interesting week uh, news-wise, and um, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, with the podcast this week, we can help people take their minds off of stuff. John, you can't pay me enough on. to talk anymore about this. Let's just move on. <laughs> Fair enough. <sighs> I don't believe me. I didn't want to get into it either. Um, all right. Well, listen, uh, before we get into uh, breaking down the Falcons, and we got a special guest coming up on the show uh, in just a little while. Mike Garofolo of the NFL Network uh, is going to join us. Uh, Matt and John Barchard talked to him, um, and uh, we're going to play that interview for you here in just a few minutes. Um, did a, those guys did a great job breaking down the, the game coming up on Sunday. Um, and we'll touch on it a little bit, too. But um, kind of just starting off, want to get everybody caught up on the news from the week. Um, and first, we'll start off with the injuries. Um, it was recording this on Thursday night. Alan Barber did not practice on Thursday. He is likely out on Sunday. Brent Selleck and Leotis McKelvin were limited in practice. Although, Matt, I think uh, both those guys are expected to play. And Benny Logan 
practiced fully on Thursday. Looks like his groin injury is healed up well enough for him to get back out on the practice field. That is a huge player to get back against a very good Atlanta run game and offense this week. Huh? Yeah, that's going to be huge. I mean, we've seen the the run defense has really suffered with Logan out. Um, one thing to notice that Benny Logan did threaten to dunk on our own Brandon Gowton. So, uh, <laughs> and of course, Brandon is. If you haven't met him, he's. I think he's pushing six ten. So he's. Um, yeah. He's definitely. Uh, he's definitely a guy who's not easy to dunk on. But uh, yeah, I look forward to seeing that dream become a reality. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you can't understate how important Benny Logan is. Uh, I think a lot of people expect him to be the next guy to get you know a, a big contract, and you know maybe if it's not too late, they can give some Ertz and uh, Vinny McCurry's money to him. But he's. Um, you know he's an extremely important player, extremely talented player. I mean he's there's no there's no getting around. It. Not only is I mean he's just he's just a really good defensive tackle. So getting him back should definitely help. You know we won't be seeing um, Bo Allen and uh, Destiny Vieira spending taking a lot of snaps, uh, which can only mean for you know good things. Uh, I, I'm excited. I'm excited to see Benny get back out there, and, and they're going to need it against this Falcons team, which is you know offensively is very powerful. Yeah, no, they have a, they have a, we talk a lot about Julio Jones and we talk a lot about Matt Ryan, but they have a tremendous running back duo in Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman. And uh, Coleman missed last week. It looks like uh, he's practicing now. It, it seems as though uh, he's on track to play this Sunday against the Eagles. And they're going to need everybody along that defensive line to show up and, uh, and, and stop that run game. Because if they can, if Freeman and Coleman are running all over the Eagles' uh, defensive line, that's going to be a big problem for the secondary which is also banged up. Uh, we mentioned just a second ago, Leotis McKelvin uh, was limited in practice. That is a very thin group right now, Matt, uh, and they are going up against a very talented group of wide receivers for Atlanta. Um, talk a little bit about the, 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 the secondary health uh, with the Eagles and you know some of the... Some of the limitations that they have right now, personnel-wise. Well, I don't think it's I don't think it's a stretch to say that the Eagles' secondary, even when healthy, is not the best. But um, right, I think Peterson mentioned that uh, you know uh, Aaron Grimes could be the next guy up here for the Eagles. Um, you know, if they if they needed to, and we certainly we saw C.J. Smith get active, and you, know, you might see him play a little bit more, especially if they decide to go with you know six defensive backs because. I think unless I'm miscounting, I guess Jalen Watkins would be the yeah Jalen Watkins would be the sixth defensive back. But you know we could see C.J. Smith play a little bit more if they feel like they have a bad matchup with Watkins. And yeah, I mean just overall with McKelvin getting hurt and you know he's he's definitely seemed like he's hurt. Uh, he hasn't played well. You know not even up to his relatively low standards. So I think that um you know we we could be we could be for in some bad in for some bad times here as far as that goes. But um. Yeah, the secondary health is going to be key. If if McAlvin can play, you know, even kind of well, come up with, uh, you know, make a play or two here, that that could be a that could be a, you know, a positive. Absolutely. Well, I mean, the Eagles are obviously struggling right now, uh, four and four on the season, and they've really kind of gotten screwed with their pants on here in the beginning of the uh, of the schedule because this is now the fourth straight week they'll be facing a team with extra rest and ESPN talked to Michael North who's one of the schedule makers he's officially the NFL director of broadcasting but uh, he's one of the guys who works on the schedule and 
His explanation for the fact that the Eagles have taken on three straight teams coming off a bye and then another team that had a long week thanks to playing on Thursday night football last week was that basically simply they were due to get screwed over. I mean, it's, that's basically the way he put it. He said over the last three years, the Eagles have played only two games against teams coming off a bye, which does seem low. Uh, and only 12 times over the last 10 years have the Eagles played a team coming off a bye, which is way under the league norm. And also the the fact the Eagles got a crappy Week four bye this this year was another bill that came due. They hadn't had a bye week earlier than week seven over the last six years. And so you're seeing kind of the where the Eagles are having to pay this bill now is how the NFL refers to it. Does that seem fair to you? I mean, is that do you think I mean, I don't know if they did it on purpose, but this is basically, I guess, if, if it's going to happen, I guess you want it to happen in a year in which you were supposed to be rebuilding. Yeah, it's interesting. I guess all those things sort of seem true, right? Like we always. Um, I mean, we're talking about these, we, even where, you know, even the fact that we're talking about that makes them seem kind of remarkable. And yeah, the early buy, I mean, I can't remember the last time they did an early buy. Apparently it was, no. uh, uh, 2010, I guess. Um, my math is right there. It probably isn't. Anyway. Uh, that no, sounds right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, right. it's, it's, it seems like it's been a long time. You know, you look at this early buy and I hate the week four buy. I wish they wouldn't do it, but. Um, I think the players hate it too. It seems like that's the worst time of year because you know you, you only have three games under your belt, and yeah. it came at a terrible time for the. This team was red hot when they went into the bye. Yeah, and I, I guess I mean you might say, well, if you don't hate the week four bye, you just hate the week five bye. But I don't know. I don't think you'd hate it as much. Anyway, um, it's interesting to hear that. I don't know. I don't know what Michael North's tone was. I didn't actually get to see this interview. I did hear. Um, I did hear him interviewed a while back. Uh, on a different podcast and he was uh, he was sort of talking about the way that they do it and it's it's kind of interesting they basically they just have like a bunch of computers trying to come to a consensus of what's the best schedule and yeah. uh, I don't know it's kind of interesting to think about just how exactly that all goes down and it's also interesting to think that you know this for some measure of best right and what that measure of best is is you know highly highly subjective and I'm sure that there's a, a lot of stuff that goes into it but um uh, it's interesting to think that they do have some notion of coming due because, I mean, this isn't like some, this isn't like, it's a little bit better than like some probability, right? Like there's some other stuff, you know, travel times and things like that. Yeah. And so it's interesting to think that maybe they, maybe they build that kind of thing into it. I don't necessarily think that I approve of that, but you know, that, oh, you guys got off easy. Like just, if you continue to get <laughs> off easy, like you just continue to get off easy. That's because the Eagles are centrally located or whatever. But anyway, um, yeah, it does sort of suck for them. Uh, it's interesting. It's interesting to see. I mean, it's interesting to see these stats laid bare because you know every year we're always making a big deal about something. It's interesting to see that this one it it does seem genuinely odd. I was surprised to hear him say this, and it was actually a, it was a print piece. I didn't he didn't do an on camera interview as far as I could tell, so there's no way to judge tone. And it really didn't say in the piece whether or not it was intentional. Whether they looked at it and said, you know, the Eagles have really gotten off easy the last you know, decade or so as far as playing teams off a of bye. And, you know, this computer model happened to spit this one out and they thought, well, you know, yeah, the Eagles have gotten it off. E I mean, I don't know how you can have that kind of information at your fingertips. <laughs> no, but I guess they did. And they knew enough about the Eagles schedule history that when the computers churn this one out, they went with it and, and had a rational, a rationale yeah, for because it, they, they which I was certainly monkey with it. It's not hard to just be like, oh, let's put these guys here and these guys here done. Right. And, and, the, right. and to your other point, I, was, I think that if you're a professional schedule maker, you probably spend a lot of time thinking about schedules. <laughs> you probably, yeah, you're probably dreaming in schedules. You're dreaming in Excel spreadsheets. I'd like to be married to that guy. Likely. Anyway. 
<laughs> you wake up shouting another spreadsheet's name. You know, it's, it's just oh, sell be seven. Awful. Sell seven. Sorry, honey. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, well, this is also a a monster game for the Eagles, and it, it, this could be the game that determines whether or not this is a playoff team this year or not. And I only say that because uh, you look at the the odds of making the playoffs based on ESPN's Football Power Index. I saw this on online this week. Uh, if the Eagles lose and fall to four and five against the Falcons, a conference opponent, their percentage, their odds of making the playoffs will be at around 16%. If they win and beat the Falcons, go to five and four and pick up that tiebreaker and uh, get that uh, NFC record up a little bit, it'll improve to about 39%. So the difference there between losing and winning is a little over 23%. That's the third highest difference among all the teams in action this week. Only the Texans and Giants have more to gain with a win than the Birds this weekend. So this is a, you know, if if those numbers are to be believed, this is a very, very big game for the Eagles this week. And it's not to say that they can't make the playoffs if they lose, but if they lose... They're in deep trouble, and if they win, they're still not in great shape. I mean, thirty-nine percent is, you know, still you're still way less than than half likely to get into the playoffs. It's not a question. No, it's not a question. <laughs> I thought we'd just have a conversation. Oh well, fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean that's certainly a factor of a couple of things. Um, not the least of which is the Cowboys are playing really good, and they hold a one that will. They hold a one and zero record against the Eagles, you know. So uh, if the Eagles were to tie that up, and of course, you know, they try to take this into account, but it's it's impossible too. But um, you know, that's that's the key, right? Is just being able to at least tie the series against the Cowboys. And you know, if the Cowboys have a bad showing here against the Steelers, and fingers crossed, um, you know, that could be the sort of thing where they, um, uh, you know, they could take a big jump in the rankings pretty quickly. And, uh, and certainly I think that the, the Cowboys are, are probably the team that we're most likely going to be scoreboard watching. And, and I don't think we're alone with that. Uh, earlier we caught up with Mike Garofolo and, um, he was, which was great. He was so cool to come on and, you know, I love these, love when these national guys give us, give us a little bit of attention and we're so glad that we could bring it to you guys. But, um, you know, we asked him a little bit about what's going on with that. Uh, so I want to play that. Well, we're joined now by Mike Garofolo. Uh, you've probably seen him on the reporters holding football's Tumblr page, but you might also know him from the NFL network where he's a national reporter. Uh, Mike, how are you? Uh, much more known for the former than the latter. That's <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Um, well, we wanted to get some Eagles talk with you, but uh, let's start out with the rest of the league first. What do you think is the biggest storyline going into this week? Oh, uh, I mean, the, big, like, the biggest storyline that's going to continue to kind of bubble up is, is, is going to be Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. Uh, and, and now that Romo is officially back and practicing, it's kind of obvious what's happening here. And you saw the evolution of Jerry Jones saying that this is Tony's team all the way to saying, well, it's going to be a tough Decision, and then you want to ride the hot hand. And so, so this is really going to define uh, what happens with the Cowboys because a lot easier when Robo's hurt and everybody understands he's hurt. Now that he's healthy, has Prescott handled that, and, and, and how does how does Robo handle that? Because how he handles that can determine his future in the NFL and, and what his next team would expect from him if they bring him in to compete or, or be the guy somewhere. Well, I'm sure a lot of us as Eagles fans too, kind of maybe might might appreciate that controversy that's going on through there. And uh, you know, and it, and, it, and again, we're into Week Ten now, and Cowboys are in the forefront. I think we're starting to get a little clearer picture of the NFC. Falcons are in town against the Eagles here. 
you know, are those two teams the best in the NFC in your opinion, or is somebody like the Seahawks still kind of sneak in there? Who's the best in the NFC for you right now, Mike? Yeah, I mean, Seattle, the only thing that's stopping Seattle is, is that offensive line. and uh, they, they certainly believe that some of these younger guys, uh, and I'm surprised actually that Reese Odiombo, who's one of their rookie graphics, has a uh, playing time there. But uh, I, they, they feel like that line is going to come together, and it's no secret that they've made sacrifices. A lot, a lot of other teams, uh, Dallas being one of them, will build from the offensive line and then, make sacrifices elsewhere and try and patch holes elsewhere. Seattle does the opposite. I mean, they, they, they went out and they've spent money and, and they've spent uh, uh, draft picks all over the place except for the offensive line. So that's the reason in my mind that I can kind of sit there and say, okay, well, maybe they're going to be okay because they've been okay in the past, but past they, they still had some better pieces than I think they do right now. So that's going to stop me from putting them on the top level, but certainly – uh, everywhere else on their roster, the depth that they have is certainly still there. So as far as this matchup between the Falcons and the Eagles, uh, what do you think the Eagles have planned to try to slow down Julio Jones? And uh, do you think the Eagles have a have a chance to do that? Or uh, And if so, do you think Mohamed Sanu is then going to become a factor? And, and listen, I thought, I, I wasn't so sure about the Sanu signing from a financial standpoint. I thought that they, they probably gave a little more than, than I would have. But uh, they needed a reliable guy. They needed a guy opposite Julio that, that people have to at least pay attention to. So that that's going to be sure a factor. I, I just, to me, this Eagles team is defense is all about not just getting pressure on the quarterback, but, but getting pressure up in a guy's face. They did it no better any game that they did it in uh, whether week three against against Pittsburgh. Uh, when they were up in Roethlisberger's face, that just completely changed the game. Uh, they're going to have to do that because if they don't do that, They've got no shot on the back end. There are guys in the secondary have been playing probably a little better than I thought they were going to. Uh, and, and Malcolm Jenkins still is a reliable guy. And I, I like I like Rodney McLeod a lot. I, I honestly that was another signing that I thought was probably a little bit more than than it should have been. But but he's done a nice job for them as well. So I, I just it, to me yeah, unless you get guys up in, in Ryan's face this week, it's going to be a, uh, an issue for the Eagles. The cover of the back end. Yeah, the revolving door of, of cornerbacks are probably not going to be able to take care of business there. I fully agree. And, you know, there's been a ton of other different theories with this Eagles team. I've come up, I've tried to come up with as a defensive team. It's it's an offensive team that struggles. And now I think there's, you know, we're, we're kind of building this narrative where it's just like, oh, they're just a, they're a home team. They're not a road team. Do you buy into any of that at all? Or is this just a team with a lot of missing parts and they play how their record says? Yeah, I I do think they've played better at home. I think they are more comfortable. And sometimes it's a it's a misnomer to say, "Oh, team plays better at home," or, or you know, you can you can have a team that'll just pop up and have a performance uh, on, on the road out of the blue. This, this team's not doing. It. I just feel like right now they're they're comfortable, and, and certainly the quarterback looks a lot more comfortable at home than he does uh, on the road. So I I believe that's the case, and it, and it could be a lot of you know, cadence-type stuff, or, or maybe being able to hear. And he's a lot more comfortable if he's at the line and he's making adjustments where it's a lot quieter in the building than it would be on the road. Uh, that, that certainly, I could buy into that. Uh, but I, I, I still think he's going to be able to uh, advance in that as, as his career goes along. And, and I, I still don't have any doubts that, that they got themselves the right guy here. He, he, is, uh, uh, he is smart, and, and he remains composed. I, I don't 
I don't want to say he's kind of been melting on the road. He hasn't been. It's a matter of learning how to play better. Yeah, people are calling him a young Mike Garofalo with how composed he is. Um, <laughs> Mike, you have your, your your finger on the pulse of the league. Uh, what are people saying about you know the Doug and Wentz uh, combo going forward? I think a lot of Eagles fans are, well, a lot of them are kind of mad at Doug, but we're very invested in these guys doing well in long term. What do you think? Uh, where do you think they stand with that? I, yeah, I mean, you know, it's amazing how going forward on fourth down when you succeed early in the season is this admirable trait, and then when you do it late in the season and it doesn't work, all of a sudden it's, uh, you know, you're a moron, what are you thinking, and all this stuff. Uh, I, I, I've i got my theories on that, but I think that, I think that, that was a big thing. Any, anything that that boils down to something that a fan at home can sit there and go, well, I could have made a better decision than that, uh, leads to second-guessing in, in, in some of these uh, some of these feelings of this guy doesn't know what he's doing. Versus if, if you're talking about complex passing games and, and all this type of stuff, it's a lot harder to second guessing. So I, I believe that that's a lot of what all of a sudden leading to lots of fans questioning Doug Peterson. Uh, as, as far as his dynamic with the quarterback, people have been saying that he did a nice job early in the season of, of managing him. I mean, he let him take shots down the field, and I, and I saw that. We saw that in the first game. We even saw it up to the Pittsburgh game. But there was also that element of he's doing a nice job of getting him comfortable early in the game with some of the quick stuff that he's hitting. And they're going to figure that out and start to say, okay, we're not going to let you get comfortable. We're going to squat on some of the shorter stuff. Uh, and, and try and disrupt that early on so that he never gets into a rhythm. So I think that a lot of people have now realized that teams are picking up on that. Now what are you going to do to counter that? Are you going to come out early in the game? Are you going to start taking some shots? Because, okay, squat on that stuff, but we're going to let this guy fire out, out to the game. I think they have to. I think they're going to. Uh, and I think that uh, when I talk to people who, who study this film closely, that that's some of the stuff that they're talking about. Yeah, it's amazing that the, the recipe is, is an undrafted rookie that – probably just came off the bench last week and show that he can go deep. And that's probably their only kind of uh, choice to to keep on uh, continuing that and, and keeping defenses guessing at this point. And, uh, you know, you know, Matt had mentioned you got your pulse in the league. You, know, you got your pulse in some pretty nice suits, I might add, when you're on the television. <laughs> how, how, how do you uh, determine, you know, what goes where? And, and do you pick a certain suit for game day, for press conferences? Like, what's uh, what's the theory behind that? Well, uh, I, my wife is my wardrobe. So uh, there's no... There's no sun. If you look at what I do during the week, because she's at work and I don't have a whole lot of time, I, she, I would second guess some of my choices during the week. I guess somebody got on me the other day about uh, about my tie, and I, I said, yeah, you know what? That was a bad call. Uh, you know, uh, got to be better. Got to make better decisions. Uh, but on the weekend, nothing, nothing goes on the air without the wife's approval. I mean, we've got more eyeballs on us on Sunday. Uh, we've got upwards of, of 600,000 viewers versus during the week, but a lot of people at work are not that many eyeballs. So obviously, you want to bring your A game on Sunday. So that's why uh, uh, you'll, you'll see the combos are working more on Sunday. Behind that one. Beautiful. Well, prop, props to the wife for that one. She's uh, yeah, she's doing a good job up there. Yeah, does she get a credit for that, or how's that work? I, she just gets credit. For that. I, I, I'll never take credit for what she's doing publicly. That, that's the bottom line. Oh, okay. 
Uh, well, so a couple years ago, I got to meet uh, my favorite rapper, Ian Rappaport, uh, at the Eagles training camp. And I got a picture of him holding up a sign that says, Wow, RT. Uh, and, you know, I was talking to him a little bit, and he said that you guys like to talk about our, you know, the sort of the, the stupid nonsense we get up to on social media. Uh, so on behalf of all of us, you're welcome. But I also wanted to know, if is that true? And do you have any highlights? Well, we talk about a lot of things. When you say nonsense on, on social media, you're talking about people that we can interact with? Yeah, about like the retweet chains and the, uh, you know, the guy who sings Darren Ravel's tweets and, you know, all this uh, all this sort of bizarre crap that you probably would never be exposed to otherwise. Is there the guy who sings Darren Ravel's tweets? Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh my man. gosh. Mike, you don't know about uh, uh, Trobolins? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's the, that's the oh, next I, thing uh, that you need to find. Uh, I, I, I steer clear. I think I, I think I might have blocked the word Ravel. <laughs> <laughs> well, most of us have, so it's okay. Well, if you've ever wanted to hear one of Ravel's tweets sung to plush by Stone Temple Pilots, this guy's got you covered. All right, there you go. Well, back to your original question. <laughs> I, what I'll do is, like, if he tweets something and then somebody just absolutely threatens him, I'll just grab that tweet and send him a text to him. Sometimes <laughs> I thought about just banging the retweet button. <laughs> about, you know, like, like if he just tweets something off the top of my head, if somebody says, you know, were you dropping your head as a baby or something like that, I, sometimes I think about just hitting the retweet button on that, just not text, but, you know, bang. But, I mean, it gets a lot more vicious than that. So I'll, I'll but I just, I just love grabbing that stuff. I just love reading the replies there and just shooting it back at him. Or, or sometimes, I mean, if he, if he puts it out himself and I'll, I'll fire him a tweet, and I'll, I'll just call him a knucklehead or, or, or something like that. That's just, that's the beauty of the whole thing. But I, I told him, the other day, I was reporting on Captain Bob and Wilkerson, and, you know, I, I heard that he had missed a walkthrough. So I hit a source, and I said, you know, hey, look, I heard this. You know, is this true? And uh, the person gets back to me, and they said, yeah, he back, we actually had a cake ready for him in the meeting room, and he never showed up for that. But, uh, so I... I throw this report out there and I'm on the air and I mention it and, and everybody grabs the cake thing and it becomes this whole big thing about how could you miss your own birthday cake and blah, blah, blah. So I, I said to him, I said, That's, that reminds me of something that you would put in one of your reports that I would find utterly ridiculous <laughs> and I would make fun of you for and then it would completely take off because people love the idea and, it, and just like, that, that's what he does. I mean, that, and that's what we do behind the scenes. I just kind of rip him for his little details here and there. And then all of a sudden, everybody loves that little detail. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, the stars are just like us, I guess. We we all miss our own birthdays, and we all rip each other's buddies. And Oh, man. Well, that's great. Uh, yeah, well, and uh, we'll get down to the last question for you. Obviously, it's uh, – I don't know. I, I think it's a pretty easy one to call on Sunday, but how do you think that uh, – this is going to end with the Eagles and Falcons. I don't know why you think it's easy. I think it's uh, it's going to be a tight game. I really do. And I'm I'm going to play. If I had a good, if I had a good feel. Sometimes sometimes you just don't have a feel for it. I had a pretty good feel about the, the rhythms of the Eagles season so far. And I think this is a good spot for them. I really do. I I, I think that that when they challenge that defensive line to do what I said earlier and get in Ryan's face and, and help that whole defense by by getting that pressure. Uh, they've they've usually responded, so I think this is going to be uh, a game where you where you where they win, and you look back and you go, they've beaten the the Vikings, the undefeated Vikings, they've beaten the Steelers, and they've beaten this Falcons team at home. 
why isn't their overall record better? And it's just going to be that kind of season for them. But I like them. I like them in this spot. Mike Garofolo from the NFL Network. We appreciate your time, bud. Thank you so much for joining us right here on BGN Radio. You got it, bud. Well, that's awesome. Uh, Mike Garofolo, the NFL Network, uh, for coming on the podcast this and week. And I thought it was footballs.tumblr.com. <laughs> that's that's right. Um, that's a great pick, by the way. Uh-huh. Uh, if people, you got to put that online somewhere so uh, so the whole world can. can it's great if you Google anybody it. holding a football. First result, bam! Reporters holding footballs, which is exactly what I was hoping when I put it together. Anyway, well, there you go. There you go. Enough about there my project. <laughs> it's going to make you some money. This is going to be what puts the kids through <laughs> yeah, college, my friend. <laughs> um, no, but what, what Mike was saying there uh, at the end about um, you know the key to getting the, the key to getting a, an Eagles victory this weekend, I think is exactly right about the Eagles' pass rush because they they don't have the cornerbacks to match up with Julio Jones, and they they've got to get to Matt Ryan. They've got to make Matt Ryan uncomfortable, and you know I think that's a that's a really smart point. Like if the Eagles if the Eagles' defensive line, and you know of course uh, Benny Logan coming back is going to help, and Fletcher Cox said this week that he'd hit a wall and that he needs to play better if he can come through and play better brandon graham can keep doing what he's doing you know i if they can get to this quarterback they can slow this offense down and that's i mean that's going to be i think the biggest key to stopping julio jones as opposed to the cornerbacks matt yeah well that's basically the name of the game here right like you can't look at me and be like these cornerbacks are the key i mean that'll never happen it it just won't i mean the key to the key to a good pass defense is a good pass rush and and this is probably true for most teams in the league so i mean it's not really anything groundbreaking but uh, it will be interesting. I think that um, we've seen that when the pass rush is effective, and there might be a chicken or egg thing here going, but um, when the pass rush is effective, the team, the defense plays really well. And so I think they're going to hope that they come out juiced, they come out ready to go, and they probably come out a little pissed off that they're you know struggling so badly. But um, you know that would be that would be really the key. I mean, there, there's no way that they're going to be able to disrupt Julio Jones. No one can. We haven't seen anybody do it. No. So, yeah. uh, you know, so you can just forget that. Like, oh, how are they going to cover Julio? Guess what? Um, so, but the key to it will be disrupting Matt Ryan. And that's something I think the Eagles are built pretty well to do. This just occurred to me. I mean, nobody can cover Julio Jones, right? Julio Jones goes off on just about everyone. So this is a case where the fact that the Eagles can't control the wide the opposing team's wide receiver is not that big a disadvantage over any other team. I mean, Julio Jones lights everyone up. And the Eagles will just be another one of those teams. Like every other team, the Eagles are going to have to find a way to beat the, the, the Falcons with Julio Jones lighting them up. So, I mean, in, in a lot of cases, you know, if you have a good you know, secondary, you can shut down a good wide receiver. But Julio Jones takes care of everybody. So the Eagles are kind of, this secondary, the Eagles are kind of, you know, am I crazy? Do you see what I'm getting at here? Like, you know, they're, maybe it's not as big a disadvantage as we think. Yeah, because, I mean... They, they've they got a plan for something else. I mean, if you go into this plan, and I'm not saying Jim Schwartz is doing this. I have no idea what Jim Schwartz is thinking. I never do. But he, um, if he's going into this being like, all right, we're going to, it's all going to start in the back. Like, yeah, you've got, you've already lost because it just can't, uh, you know, you just right. can't hope to beat this team, you know, with your, with your defensive backfield. I mean, I don't think anybody who, who could you possibly say? Like, who's the best secondary? Is it the Seahawks? I don't know. Is it the even then, like Denver? Yeah, Denver. Like these are teams that Julio Jones could handle. I mean, he did handle the Seahawks. I don't think they ended up winning, but you know, they he handled them. So, you know, this is the sort of thing where it's got to all start up front, and you just have to, uh, you know, make it happen. And I'm sure that come Sunday, we'll all be getting really mad about everything all the time, as is, I guess, our 
thing, but um, you know, we're going to be hearing about Jalen Mills or whatever. But look, every time you see a cornerback with with Julio Jones, just remember it's Julio Jones. You, you should right. probably be mad at Connor Barwin. You should probably be mad at Fletcher Cox. You should probably be mad. Like these are the guys. It was their job to win this game. Yeah, no, that's a fair point. Well, let's. Uh, we we've focused a lot on the Atlanta offense, and for obvious reasons, they probably have the best offense in football right now. Uh, but what they do not have is a very good defense, Matt, and that doesn't get talked about a whole lot. They are 26th in points allowed this year. They're allowing an average of 28.8 points per game. Uh, that's 28th over. Uh, that's uh, again, like I said, 26th overall. And um, oh no, sorry, the 26th in points allowed total, 28th in points per game, uh, and they are really terrible on third down 45% conversion rate allowed this year. Now, of course the Eagles have not been good on third down, especially third and long since the bye week Um, And so something's got to give here, but the Eagles, this is an offense like we talked about with Minnesota. This is an offense that the Eagles can do some damage on if they can protect Carson Wentz. And frankly, if the running game can get going a little bit. Yeah. And it hasn't really. So good luck luck to it. Um, <laughs> well, I think they got to pick a running back here. I mean, they're using Darren Sproles way more than they should be. They clearly don't trust Ryan Matthews anymore right now. And Wendell Smallwood, he, he'll usually rip off at least one good run a game, and then you don't see him again. I, I just, I'm wondering what the Eagles, Frank, what, what uh, Frank Reich and what uh, Doug Peterson are thinking in regards to how they're using their running backs. Uh, it's funny that we always we talk about Darren Sproles like he's our, uh, you know, our backup plan. Um, I wonder if Doug sees it that way. He certainly doesn't talk about him that way. I, I think he does when you ask him a question like, you know, why Sproles? But but why? Like, you know, her? Like that kind of thing. But, um, <laughs> you know, I just wonder if – I wonder if he doesn't think of this uh, – look at Darren Sproles and think like, you know, this guy, he could really do something. And and we've seen him – you know, he has some nice games. He's a, he's a good asset. Uh, the quarterback clearly likes him. I don't think that can be understated. I don't think that can be understated yeah. at all because um, Ryan Matthews cannot catch. Uh, I don't think that can be understated either. Yeah. Um, and also no. he keeps getting hurt with, like, his teeth now. Like, dude, just hang it up. Like, just go and, I don't know, retire to Florida. I don't know. But, uh, like – Get a car dealership. <laughs> <laughs> something go, i'll use one of your lines go build a deck come on, come on down to ryan matthews cars <laughs> we got no neck i don't know what that means anyway um <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> yeah um, uh but yeah I, I mean we sort of talk about we talk about sprawls like well if all else fails but i don't know i wonder if there isn't a little bit something more brewing there obviously i don't think he's going to sustain a run game but they seem to be doing the passes and extension of the run game anyway and i know we all hate that but look people i'm tired of hearing about how much you hate it i get it it's but it's not going away um but yeah it would be nice smallwood i think is the one right like smallwood i think He's yeah. the guy that I, I want to see more of. I think we all sort of want to see more of because I think that I think that you're right. I think that we're all sort of looking at this guy and being like, dude, he came in, ran for 11 yards, and that was it. He leaves the game with a with a line of one rush for 11 yards. Like, what did you see that we didn't? And I'm in. I don't know. You ask Doug, and he says one thing or another. But like, I don't know. It, it's it's probably that Smallwood's not earning the playing time, right? Like. Maybe he blew an assignment. We didn't see it. It's hard. 
was going to say, blitz pickup. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles tend to throw the ball a lot, and they love Sproles and pass protection. That's that's probably a big reason, yeah, too. Yeah, and that could be it. I mean, it, I don't know. We don't watch him in practice, and in games, I mean, he might pick up one blitz a game, maybe. So uh, it's hard it's hard for re- us to really tell. But, you know, it's clear that they aren't totally comfortable with him. It would It is sort of frustrating, and I guess they don't feel like they can get enough push to just be go out there and be like, we're going to run the ball and then run it. So it's sort of tough to yeah. play these guys in those situations, but... I don't know. It would be nice to see him kind of turn the corner, especially because, I mean, we've seen it. Like, the guy's got talent. The guy's a good runner. Yeah. No, he is. He, he Like I said, he usually has one big to semi-big play per game, and uh, we'll see if he's able to get into the rotation a little bit more. Um, it's tough when you get down 14 nothing less than five minutes into into the game, which, which has happened more than a few times so far this season. Um, well, let's look – kind of looking ahead now, um, you know, the Eagles' schedule moving forward – it's looking pretty tough, Matt. They've got the Falcons this week at six and three. Now I know the Seahawks have not overwhelmed like in years past, but they're still sitting there at five and two, and going to Seattle is no joke. Uh, then they've then they're home against the Packers, which again is not having a typical Packers season, a typical Aaron Rodgers type season. They're four and four, uh, but you never know when good Aaron Rodgers is going to show up. At the Bengals, they're three, four and one. Again, a game that you thought maybe looked a little tougher in the preseason and is not looking quite as tough now. Then you've got the the real crucial stretch here is three out of four weeks you're playing NFC East opponents at home. Redskins, they're at four, three and one. The Ravens at Baltimore, four and four, and then the Giants at home on a short week. They're five and three right now, and then the Cowboys to finish things up at seven and one. You wonder if the Cowboys will have anything to play for in that final game of the season. But the combined record of the remaining opponents for the Eagles has a 594 winning percentage. How scared are you of that? Is that kind of a, a hollow winning percentage when you look at the actual rosters of these teams they have to play? Yeah, I'd say a little bit. I think that the um, I mean, the Seahawks are clearly a very flawed team. We touched on this with Mike Garofolo. I don't want to get too much more into it. But, you know, the Seahawks, they've really got a problem there up front. And, you know, that could be that could be a good opportunity for the Eagles to to do a little bit of something, um, especially you know with Russell Wilson playing just sort of OK. Uh, Falcons, obviously a big test. Packers, really an uneven team, too. I, I think that I mean, Crap, they got to fire McCarthy, but uh, that's another, also another conversation for another day. Um, <laughs> the Bengals have looked largely lost. I guess that'll happen, you know, with all the turnover they've had and, uh, you know, roster instability and, you know, Marvin Lewis's last hurrah going on here. Washington, I'm still not a believer in. Ravens, same story. Giants, yeah, that should be interesting. Lane Johnson's back that week uh, if he does play, uh, since yeah. I guess he's eligible to return that Tuesday and they play that Thursday. We'll see. Um, and then the Cowboys. Oh, man, I don't think I can take it if the Cowboys are really very good. So I don't know. I look at that. I look well, at that. Knows? and I think that, you know, there's some te- obviously they'll gonna, they're going to lose some of those games. But I don't think any of those games are just like slam dunk losses. Well, the NFC as a whole basically is well, the NFL as a whole doesn't have any great teams in it. These are all winnable games. It's just can the Eagles win them? I mean, and, you know, the Eagles are just as flawed, if not more flawed than most of these other teams that they're going to be playing. I think if they can get to that final four game stretch at six and six, just kind of tread water until they get that NFC East uh, lineup three and four weeks all at home they've got a shot. They've got a real good shot because if you can take care of divisional business against the Redskins and Giants, two teams you should be able to beat and a Cowboys team that, you know, I'm kind of hoping at this point they're 15 and one that last week, 14 and one that last week of the season. So the game doesn't mean anything to them. And that game might mean everything to the Eagles. Uh, that would be fine with me. I don't get that point. If we've lost the division, I don't care if the Cowboys have 14 wins or 10 or 11 or whatever it is. So 
Um, but yeah, it's definitely it, there's no there are no Cleveland Browns in there, Matt. There's no there's no Bears. We, the Eagles got them all out of their system already. So, um, boy, it's going to be an interesting last half of the season. It, it certainly is uh, shaping up to be a little bit challenging. Um, well, anyway, we got a phone call this week uh, from Mike in Delaware. Had a couple questions for us, uh, so we wanted to play that. Mike, take it away. Hey guys, this is Mike out of Delaware. Uh, big time Eagles fan. Love your show. Um, first time caller. So. I just want to say, man, everybody needs to stop panicking. Uh, that three and zero start. We just thought that this team was a lot better than what it was. I think it was really just the result of a rookie quarterback nobody had tape on, a rookie head coach nobody had tape on. It is what it is. We've got a really young group of receivers. I'm not giving up on them yet. Uh, I mean, if Aguilar can't improve, we'll see. But uh, I guess my number one question is, if Alshon Jeffrey is available at the end of the year, if he doesn't sign, he's the free agent, how hard do we go after him? I mean, how much money do we put at him? I mean, do we cut players? What do, what do you guys think? Do we not sign Benny Logan? Do we cut Jason Kelsey and move Sam Milo in? What do we do? Because we right now we need a running back and we need a wide receiver. Um, thanks, guys. All right, thanks, Mike. Thanks for uh, for calling in, and um, you know, please call back again in the future. Uh, it was nice what he said. I think it's nice to hear um, you know somebody call in with a a reasonable, rational take on the youth of the quarterback and the head coach right now. And it's obvious they they do need to make adjustments, but that's all part of kind of learning their different positions. But uh, the interesting question he asked is whether or not the Eagles would or should how hard a push should they make for Alshon Jeffrey this offseason, Matt? Um, he's going to be a free agent. It's obviously a position of need. How hard would you go after? Alshon Jeffrey if you were the Eagles. I don't know if I'm an Alshon guy. I guess, I mean, I see the appeal, but he's been hurt a lot more than he hasn't been, especially recently. And, you know, if you're talking about a guy who's already, I guess he's 27, does that sound right? Um, yeah, yeah if so. you're talking about a guy who's already 27, you're not you're not likely to point to him. I mean, trust me, I'm 28. So you're not likely to point to him and be like, hey, he's going to get better. Like the soft tissue stuff, you know, the questions about his effort that have plagued him his whole career, um, all that sort of stuff. I Don't get me wrong. I think if they got him, it would be exciting. But I also would sort of – it would. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I'd really love like, yeah, $60 million <laughs> or whatever for this guy. And then, we, you know, we watch him proceed to nurse his hamstring for two years and then get cut. <laughs> Uh, so I'm not sure if you make a big push for him. Uh, I'm trying to think of who we, you know, what other guys out there would be sort of the consolation prize. But if we're not interested in Alshon Jeffrey, your and your concerns are well founded because of the because of the hamstring issues and the soft tissue stuff. Your options, kind of looking down this list, is you know you've got Vincent Jackson who's 33, uh, Pierre Garcon 30, of course the guy that a lot of Eagles fans are talking about, uh, Deshaun Jackson, 29 years old uh, right now, and. Uh, You've got uh, Kenny Britt. Kenny Britt's kind of interesting, but not in a way where you can think of him as your number one receiver. Um, and then Anquan Bolden, Kamar Aiken, Brandon LaFell. I mean, there's Michael Floyd. You know, the guy on Still here there. that is interesting is Michael Floyd. Um, he had, you know, he has these flashes where he's really very good. He's a good deep threat. He's a field stretcher, but he hasn't put it all together just yet. I guess I guess it would depend on you know how much he'd be asking for. But what do you think of that list? Yeah, a couple of names that you didn't mention: Ted Ginn, uh, Kendall Wright, Andre Holmes, Cordero Patterson. Uh, boy, I, I'm just looking at this list. I'm getting annoyed already. Um, 
I think that somebody like Michael Floyd could be interesting because it sort of seems to fit what this regime wants to do, which is, you know, a guy who's like talented, inconsistent effort, really kind of, I mean, that sort of guy. Um, but just 26, you know, he was a first round pick. So I imagine that that would bump his salary up a little bit more. I know it's not how it's supposed to work, but that is how it works. Um, somebody like Terrell Pryor is definitely going to be a name that we hear about a lot. Uh, and then I wonder if like Cordero Patterson, although that guy's got to be the dumbest person. So, you know, it's tough to say. Uh, there are some there are some names on here. I guess for me, the ones I would probably be most interested in are uh, Terrell Pryor and then somebody, mm-hmm. you know, kind of second tier or a reclamation project like Michael Floyd or uh, Kendall, yeah. Kendall Wright, if we want to get into other disappointing first round receivers. Yeah, Terrell Pryor is really interesting. I'd be I'd, I'd be surprised if Cleveland lets him go, given how they've worked with him so much to tr- you and know they to have make that very transition. little salary commitment. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't I don't think they're going to let him get away. I mean, with the effort they've put into transforming him into a really truly good wide receiver in the NFL. But there, I mean, there are some names out, out there so that if you don't want to spend the big bucks on Alshon Jeffrey, there are obvious ways to improve this wide receiving core. It's just a matter of do you feel like the Eagles have to get that true fire number one receiver or can you get some guys who are just simply better than the guys the eagles already have? oh they gotta get him or i will just die <laughs> we don't want that i matt. will so just I- die sign alshon so matt doesn't die yeah. please i don't know i mean th- it would be nice i think that all right here's one here's here's a good one here's a hot one what they need to do they need to deal in quantity not quality so there it is mm, i'm putting it out nice. there like i would yeah. i don't know that they need a true fire number one those guys you know it's good when they can pair up with a top flight quarterback but look one guy doesn't always need the other and uh but what wentz has is he's got a bunch of jokers I almost use this. <laughs> swear, he's got a bunch of bad player guys surrounding him, and he does. They definitely need to get. You know, they need to go from like these bad guys to like getting a bunch of okay guys. Because if you can get a bunch of okay guys together with you know a franchise quarterback like Carson Wentz, I think that to me seems like it's going to be much more productive than being like you know what we need. We need a guy who's going to score. He's going to rack up you know fifteen hundred yards, and then we can just continue to roll with a- Aguilar. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, it was, I mean, obviously when the Eagles got Terrell Owens, he was the perfect fit in 2004 for where they were and, and what they were doing. But the the West Coast offense is designed to spread the ball around. And if you've got two or three good wide receivers who you can take, you know, you can, you know, give the ball to, then yeah, you don't need that number one guy, especially if it's not a reliable number one guy. And Alshon Jeffrey has that kind of talent. But like you mentioned, the injury history is just scary with him. You never know when he's going to miss three weeks with a hamstring problem. So um, I'll tell you when he's going to miss three weeks. Every three weeks. That's right. Every three weeks. <laughs> you can set your watch yeah. to it. Oh, uh, boy. Three weeks um, already. Yeah, exactly. Boy, it's time for now, Sean. Uh, it's time to pay my rent. That's right. <laughs> well, it'll set up for an interesting offseason. Um, obviously, there are some options out there, uh, but uh, an interesting question from Mike. We'll see what the Eagles do in order to fix a, a wide receiver core that desperately uh, needs an overhaul. All right, before we get out of here this week, Matt, let's uh, let's pick a game each and make the folks some money. Um, okay. Uh, I think my first game I have my eye on here is the Kansas City Chiefs at the Carolina Panthers. Now, KC, they have been they're playing with our good old friend Nikki Foles. 
Uh, I'm not sure if Smith said she'll be back or not, but the Smith is supposed to be back. Yeah, this well, week, that's yes. so that's definitely a plus because Nick Foles is not very good. But Carolina is still a three-point favorite, and I'm not sure which Carolina team they've been watching. But to me, Carolina looks very, very not good. And meanwhile, the Kansas City Chiefs are like have won like 16 of their last 17 games or something. I mean, this is a good football team. So I think for me, I'm just, I'm definitely going to take the Chiefs to win. I mean, I would take I would take the Chiefs to win, not getting three points. So give me the Chiefs. Real quick, not 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 for nothing, but how good a football coach is Andy Reid? Oh, that guy. I mean, he's he. Yeah, have you uh-huh. heard of him? I mean, but they lost. I mean, they have not had their number one running back all season. They lost their number two running back last week, um, and now they were going with Chuck Kendrick West, who did nothing. Jeremy Macklin has had a horrible season for them, and they just keep winning football games. It's really amazing what what he has done there in Kansas City. Once again, uh, Andy Reid is a good football coach. Props to him. Props to Andy. Mm-hmm. Um, the game I'm looking at here is the uh, the Cowboys and the Steelers. It's a 425 game. I guess it's a national game on Fox this week. Um, Pittsburgh is favored by two points in this one. Then they are the home team. And I, I like Pittsburgh in this game. I don't think um, it just feels like a game where Ben Roethlisberger is going to step up in a, in a national game and at home. I think Le'Veon Bell has a big week. Uh, Antonio Brown. I think the, I just think the the stars of Pittsburgh are gonna are gonna do some damage against Dallas's defense, which has played relatively well this year. But I think this is a spot where maybe Dak Prescott struggles for the first time this year. And uh, I like Pittsburgh's uh, favored by two. That means it's a field goal game. If Pittsburgh you know kicks a field goal, they cover. And uh, I'll take the Steelers to win a close game. But I think the Steelers pull it out by something like three or four points this week. All right, so Matt, any uh, final thoughts for this week, buddy? Uh, I've seen a lot of people talking about draft stuff already. Even Jimmy Kemsky, who I love, I text him all the time. We're best friends, mm-hmm. but Besties. yeah, like man, I mean, I get the I get the whole grocery list thing, but we're talking about off season needs. Like, come on, it's, we're not there yet, are we? Are we already yeah. ready to be done with this whole thing? And I guess maybe your answer is yes. That's fine. Whatever. Please don't tell me about it. But I uh, just want to want to keep enjoying the Eagles a little bit more. This is. You know, as as sort of up and down as it's been, um, let's uh, let's not get ahead of ourselves. Absolutely, Absolutely. I totally agree with that. And um, you know, I think yeah, what we're dealing with now is a um, again. I keep coming back. My final thought is the the importance of of this football game. And you know, it's it's really hard to 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 decide. In my brain, I'm having a hard time figuring out. You know, if I really think this team can make the playoffs, or whether I just need to commit in my head that this is a rebuilding year, and no matter what happens. That this team, you know, because I keep thinking to myself, man, they're a couple plays away from being seven and one right now, as opposed to four and four. And, you know, that's maybe that's a stupid way to go about thinking about the season because your record is what you say you are. But um, right now, the Eagles, um, they they are in a it's a weak NFL, it's a weak NFC. They still have a shot at the playoffs. And uh, like you, I'm not ready to to talk about the the draft and off season needs and all that nonsense just yet either. So, um, all right, Matt, it's been fun again, pal. Yeah, I miss, I, I miss you. I, I miss you in these three days since we last. <laughs> it's been, it's been, it's. I know it's it's been so long. The 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 golf the golf was closed for a little while, but we'll get to do this again next week. Yeah. I think uh, the good Lord willing and the sun does shine. Uh, and John Barchard and James Elzer will be on ninety four WIP on uh, Saturday, so make sure you tune in and listen yep. to them. And by the way, Clip It is the hottest app that is out there, Matt. Um, you can uh, get 30-second HD clips on your phone um, and uh, send them out on the web via Twitter, via Facebook. I'll put them on your blog post, and uh, they now have Comcast Sportsnet 
on Clip It, and you can pull down stuff from uh, Eagles post game show. I uh, get any interviews. Uh, did you see anybody say anything interesting? Uh, somebody says something dopey. You can put it right up uh, on Twitter and get it out there for everybody and uh, catch Flyers and Sixers action on Clip It and uh, and send it out to the people. It's a the it is the hottest app that is out there. Wanted to make sure um, we gave Clip It some props today before we get out of here as well. All right, Matt. My thanks to you. Enjoy the game, everybody. Eagles Falcons. I'm John Stolness. Uh, we'll talk to you all next time right here on BGN Radio through BleedingGreenNation.com and BGNRadio.com. We have now reached our final destination of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We realize you have a choice in podcast, and we thank you for choosing ours. All right. Cool. That worked. Cool, cool, cool. Kind of a clunky finish there, but what are you going to do? On me, on my part. I never know how to end the show. Oh, yeah. Endings are the worst. They're just the worst thing. You should read the papers I write. <laughs> well, usually with a paper, you can just kind of, you know, at least with in my kind of writing, what you can do is just restate your opening. Paragraph, yeah, it's just rough because it's like mostly what you want to do is be like, all right, just talk about the results. But anyway, here they are again. And then, yeah. Right, bye. Everybody. And then the worst is the future work where you're like, here's all the things that are wrong with this. <laughs> That's so right. the time you're done with it, you're just like. <laughs>